This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Excited to have Rob Motti on the show today, and we'll get into that in just a moment, but really appreciate you listening today. If you haven't signed up for our email devotional yet, uh, you can do so for free on unpackingit.com. Basically, take a two-minute timeout and, and unpack a current sports story, how it relates to the Bible, and and hopefully it'll be something that can challenge, encourage, and inspire you each day. Uh, sign up on unpackingit.com. Uh, stick around. After the interview, uh, I'll talk about a few more things in regards to what he talked about during the interview. Um, but before we jump in, so so Rob hosts a faith and sports radio show in Philadelphia, and I've been doing unpacking it since 2012 and, and really I went from sports radio. uh, That was my background into this new idea of incorporating faith into sports. Well, recently it's been really cool to see other sports and faith podcasts or radio shows pop up and, and, and add to kind of this, 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 this genre uh, that we've, that we've established. And, and so some may wonder, oh, why are you bringing on a, a competitor? Well, to me, we're all in this together, and it's about Jesus. And so it's pretty neat that in a city like Philadelphia, where I've got family that, that live there, that they're huge sports fans. And for him to be on the, the ESPN affiliate there um, that, that reaches Philadelphia, talking about Jesus each week, it's really cool. And, and so Rob has written a couple other books about faith and and football and faith and baseball and interviewing a bunch of athletes and so today when we talk with him we're going to talk about his story and his faith journey um, but then I'll also ask him about Michael Vick uh, and and just the, the whole controversy surrounding him and Philadelphia and his his connection to Philadelphia even to this day um, and Rob recently interviewed him so so anyway uh, I love where we're at with faith and sports and so I'm thankful that you're one of those listeners and, and there's just so many great stories out there that, that sports are a part of. Uh, but more importantly, it's about Jesus. And it's about all of us growing and being challenged and, and just uh, having more and more passion for him and for his people. And so uh, I think you'll be encouraged by this conversation today with Rob Motti. So let's jump right in. Our guest today is a best-selling author, radio, a television personality, and a speaker. He's based in Philadelphia and has covered local and national sports for nearly 20 years for the Associated Press. He has written or co-written six books, including Baseball Faith, 52 MLB Stars Reflect on Their Faith, and Football Faith, 52 NFL Stars Reflect on Their Faith. He is also the radio host of Faith on the Field in Philadelphia on 610 Sports ESPN Radio. I'm pleased to welcome Rob Motti to unpacking it. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Hey, man, it's it's an honor to be with you, Bryce. Thank you for having me. Well, we're psyched to have you, and and I want to talk faith and sports and and talk about your your life journey. But but just as as somebody who has family in Philadelphia, and I know they're they're diehard sports fans up there, I just want to ask you a couple quick questions about the teams up there, and we'll start in the NBA because the NBA draft was was pretty recent. And the, the Philadelphia 76ers seem to have more hope at this point. What's kind of the, the feeling of the town with all these young players and, and, of course, adding Markel Fultz as the number one pick? 
you know, it's been a whole trust the process uh, situation here in Philly, and there's people who have been divided. The younger generation is all in, trusting what Sam Hinkie started and believing in. Uh, it's sort of the tanking to get to where they are to be able to, to pick up a lot of these uh, high blue chip prospects and, and bring them in here. And then the, the older generations, like you got to go out there and win. You couldn't do this for putting out slop on the court for four years. But now we're at that point where it's come to fruition. They've brought in Markel Fultz now to kind of complete that piece uh, with, with what they have there. But everyone's just eager to see Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Fultz on the court together and see what they can do because there's no guarantees in the NBA or in any sport where, where you got guys who've had some injury concerns like Embiid, how, how many games is he going to play? And Ben Simmons missed the whole season. How many games is he going to play? How long is it going to take for them to gel? But the, the vibe is good, and, and I believe they've already sold over 14,000 season tickets. So that'll wow. tell you right there how excited people are about the 76ers. And there's not much to be excited about in sports right now in Philly. So they're right there, <laughs> and they're probably number one. Wow, which it's a little surprising just considering the rock bottom that they, they hit for so many years, but, but really seem to be uh, on the rise. So it'll be fun to see this year for sure. Well, the, the Eagles, on the other hand, showed glimpses last year, and it appears that everybody's all in on, on Carson Wentz. And, and I know recently you talked to someone on your show uh, just about Carson Wentz and, and being on a mission trip. So share maybe a little bit just about his uh, involvement in the in the community and really how he's been able to, to create a lot of excitement for, for Eagles fans. Yeah, you, you know, football is number one here. For all that excitement about the 76ers right now, the Eagles are 24-7, 365 days a year. You listen to talk radio in town, and, and it's always Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. And, and Carson Wentz had everybody. You know, it was Carson City, Pennsylvania last September yeah. when they were 3-0. Yeah. and uh, they end up going seven and nine. They have their little struggles, but there, there's a lot of there's a lot of high expectations for Carson Wentz. Everybody believes that he is the savior. He is the franchise quarterback who can bring this team that elusive Super Bowl that they they still have never won. They haven't won a title since 1960. And what I like about Carson is his his poise and his makeup, and he's grounded, and that comes from his faith. And there are people who will tell you. Well, I don't want my quarterback sharing Bible verses or, or pushing his faith or doing this. And that annoys me and bothers me as a guy who, you know, where I stand on that, because I feel that is part of who he is. Mm. And that helps him to be able to endure the highs and the lows to keep an even keel, to be a leader, because ultimately he knows what's important in his life. He knows what the priorities are. And it doesn't mean he goes out there and, and doesn't try as hard or doesn't work as hard. He may work harder than anyone there is in the NFL. And, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with his face, his background. And he, te- he says audience of one, AO one is kind of his mantra, his motto. And he, he plays for, I know there's 65,000 people there at the link watching the game on Sunday, but he's focused on pleasing God first. And if he can do that in his walk, he could do that in everything that he does. He's going to have success no matter what it is and no matter where he goes. And, yeah, he did just recently go on a mission trip with uh, wide receiver Jordan Matthews and awesome. uh, some people from the Connect Church in Cherry Hill. Pastor Kyle Horner went, and, and, and he said to him it was just, just an incredible experience. And a lot of times 
people when they go on a mission trip. You're helping others for sure, but you also you come back and you, you, it relights your passion or your energy to go out there and just do more, do more in the community and, and, and do more. And, and I think what one of the great quotes from Carson during that was, you know, I can go to Haiti and talk about Christ. I got to do that with the guy next to me in the locker room mm. too. And that's just as important because that's, that's what it's all about. And it's all about doing that right here where you are. Amen. I love it. Rob Motti, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's the host of Faith on the Field in Philadelphia and, and has covered the, the, the local teams there for the Associated Press as, as well as uh, the, the national sports scene as well. And he's a, he's a radio host uh, in Philadelphia covering all those teams. And, and, and one player that, that has always been very intriguing to me, and, and he was a, a guest on your show recently, Michael Vick. And, and I actually helped with his, uh, his autobiography a few years ago and, and has just been fascinated by his story and, and so what is the response from people today when, when Mike Vick's name comes up or they hear that he's a guest on, on a Philadelphia radio show because they're, the Eagles are the team that kind of gave him that, that second chance? Yeah, there, there will still always be a segment of the population that hears Michael Vick's name and, and says negative things. And, and I heard it when he was coming on my show, and, and there are people who – say mean things and 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 they just don't want to give someone else a second chance uh and, and to that i always say we all we all need to look in the mirror what did jesus say he who is without sin cast the first stone uh michael vick is someone that uh i i didn't know him at all until he came here to philadelphia and all i knew is what i saw on tv and what i heard about him and maybe covered a couple of falcons games when they played the eagles but when i got to got a chance to get to know him here in Philly and really before the 2010 season in 09 when he came in as the backup I saw someone who was genuine who was sincere who was humbled and and who really what was not it wasn't that he was sorry that he got caught he was sorry for what he did yeah and it was genuine remorse and there's a difference there Bryce because a lot of people uh, in high-profile situations, they lose everything like a Michael Vick did, and, and they're angry and they're upset and they're bitter and they're sorry that they got caught, oh, yeah. whatever it is happened. But he, w- he was genuinely con- just remorseful about it, and he went out there and did something about it, and, and he, he speaks to kids and he goes out in the community and he tries to change uh, the, the conversation about everything that has to do with dog fighting and, and how the culture that he was raised in is different than what it is now. And he, he's trying to do something about it. And, and he, he'll, he talked to us about his faith and, and how, when he was in, in, uh, incarcerated, uh, the book of Jonah, Jeremiah, uh, you know, those were help helpful to him. Uh, the book of Psalms, uh, were helpful to him while he was in there. And, and I see a guy who, who is just totally a different person. And uh, it, it's great because all, all of us, all of us have done wrong. All of us have committed sins. All of us make mistakes. And no matter if, if you think you're the greatest Christian in the world or, or, or the or lowest on the totem pole, none of us are perfect. Only one man was perfect, and that was Jesus. Amen. Rob Motti, our guest right now on Unpacking It author of Baseball Faith, 52 MLB Stars Reflect on Their Faith, and Football Faith, 52 NFL Stars Reflect on Their Faith. Well, well, Rob, I'd love to reflect on your faith a, a little bit and, and your journey of, of what you have said, kind of going from, from fan to follower and, and really being a disciple of Jesus. So what, what does that, that mean to you, and, and, and how did this, this journey really begin for you? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in the Catholic Church. I grew up in the Catholic faith. I went to Catholic schools for 12 years, and uh, I knew, you know, for, for me, Jesus wasn't a, a foreign person. Uh, I knew all about him. I got straight A's in religion class. I went to church. Uh, I sang the songs. I, I enjoyed everything there was about the religion. Um, the stained glass windows in church and everything. I enjoyed the religion. And, and I looked at Jesus as someone who uh, was a hero, an, uh, an idol, someone that I worshipped for 45 minutes on a Saturday night or a Sunday, and I left him there in church. Hmm. And I, I, I kind of, you know, in the Catholic Church, and, and when you receive the different sacraments, and one of them is called penance, and, and it's reconciliation, and you go to a priest, you confess your sins, and, and you get to start all over again. So I kind of took advantage of that as I was growing up. You know, I, I would go out, I would do my thing, and I would end up going back to a confession and start all over again. And it wasn't really until, uh, I, you know, I'll give you the short version of, of my testimony rather than the long version. Uh, you know, I, I, I got married. Um, I, I started hanging out with some of the uh, athletes and started to live a different kind of lifestyle mm. than I really should have been living. Um, partying a little bit and, and, uh, and, and going out and, and meeting and hooking up with different women. And now I'm married and, and this is obviously not something that you should be doing. So, wow. uh, it ends up in, yeah, it ends up in divorce and, uh, you know, I lose everything. I, I, I lose everything. And I, I had always throughout that whole journey, throughout that whole process, been someone going to church, uh, been a fan of Christ, knew all about him. So uh, I tell myself I'm never going to do this again. It's, it's just it, – this is horrible. I don't want to see anyone go through the, the, the pain and suffering of, of being – finding out that I was unfaithful to them. And I go right into another relationship, and the cycle repeats itself. And then I go into wow. another relationship, and the cycle repeated itself. So at this point, I'm kind of lost. I'm kind of broken, and I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? You know, mm -hmm. I, I haven't been able to change this, and, and, and it wasn't until I met someone who – who said to me, hey, you know, wh why don't you come to church with me? And I said, uh, you know, all I know is the Catholic Church. That's it. I was a Catholic snob, really, Bryce. I didn't oh. know anything about any other. I didn't know anything about another religion. For me, it was either be, you were either Catholic or you, you were nothing. Hmm. So when she says come with me to a, a church, it was a, a non-denominational church, Times Square Church in, in Manhattan, uh, Midtown Manhattan in New York. I said, you know, I don't know. Uh, let, all right, let me go. So th this particular girl I had met, now it's the first time in my life I'm single, and she says to me, uh, God God put me here to prepare you for your next relationship. Wow. So I'm thinking, well, this is kind of strange. All right, I'm just going to keep looking for a new girlfriend. But uh, I, I went. So I went with her. I went with her to Times Square Church, and it was my first time outside of a Catholic church. And I heard testimony the first time I was there, and it moved me a little bit, and it, it got me to reexamine some of the things that I had learned. But I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to change. I wasn't ready in my walk. I wasn't ready to do anything about it. Uh, I went a second time, and again, I heard a powerful testimony, and again, I was, I was moved a little bit, and, and I started really thinking about, hey, what is this relationship people talk about with Christ? Hmm. So finally, I go on a third time, and it's August 29, 2010, and, and I hear testimony from a guy who was a uh, a former drug dealer who was caught in a bust mm. and uh, the officer took his stash and threw it down the sewer and told him, I'm going to give you a second chance at life. Whoa. And that guy said that to, to him, that officer was Jesus in disguise. Mm. And he said he ran off. He said he ran off and 
scared, terrified, changed his life, never sold drugs again, became a member of society, uh, became a member of the, the mission field, and he goes around and shares his testimony. So that, to me, wow. the Holy Spirit was pulling at me. It was, And I was like, wow, this is powerful. So they did an altar call that, that day. The pastor did an altar call, and I'm sitting in Times Square Church, and I'm way up in the, in the bleachers sitting in the in, – it, it, it's like an old theater, you know, and, and you could sit – and I'm sitting way up top, kind of the nosebleed <laughs> section. Yeah. So uh, the pastor wants to call us down for this altar call, and I had seen it before, and, and, and now I felt, I felt the Spirit telling me I got to go, I got to do it. But at the same time, I still, you know, I, I still got this ego and I still I'm arrogant a little bit. I'm like, what are people going to think about me? Maybe they'll think I'm a drug dealer. Maybe they'll think this. They'll think that I never had any vice mm. other than being a womanizer. Mm. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I, I didn't, you know, very, very casual drinking, never did drugs of any kind, nothing every, like it, it was kind of, everybody in my life. Uh, wanted to be all my friends wanted to be my wingman it was cool i was a woman so i wow. never really looked at it like it was that terrible of a thing until this point and finally you know i i i felt that pull and the holy spirit won that battle and he pulled mm-hmm. me down there and you know sometimes it, like it says one peter four five six hum- humble yourself in uh under the mighty hand of the lord so he can lift you up in due time so i i humbled myself at that moment and i walked wow. down to the front of the front of the altar and and I put my head up and and I said, Jesus, I need your help because I can't do this on my own. And, and it was that day. I tell people that I went from being a fan of Christ, someone who knew all about him to becoming a follower because it was on that day, August 29, 2010, that I accepted Jesus in my heart. I didn't leave him at church anymore. I said, come with me, come in my heart, Mm. come home with me, come with me everywhere I go. I need you with me 24 seven. And now I I tell people, who's your best friend? Jesus is my best friend. He's my BFF. (laughs) He's my go-to 24 seven. Jesus doesn't take a sick day. Jesus is never (laughs) off. He's not, he's not in a bad mood. You know, you can't talk to him. I don't need to go to a counselor or somewhere. No. I go right to him and, and he's always there with me. So before when I had this temptation or I had anything, it was just me versus the devil. And I couldn't win that battle. But now wherever I am, wherever I'm out in, in the world, I got Jesus behind me. I got him on my back. So, so it was that day, you know, I, I left that church and I felt this incredible sense of peace in my heart because I knew that now I'm not fighting this on my own. I got Christ with me. And, uh, you know, I, a couple months later, uh, I Amen. met my wife, Red, well, I met Remy and, uh, she was, she was also early in her walk with Christ. And, and, you know, you'll, you'll hear people say, it's the greatest thing ever to become a follower of Christ. And it is, there is no better sense of peace. There's no better joy. There's no better satisfaction. But Bryce, you know, it makes your life harder, doesn't it? Oh yeah. It makes your yeah. life a lot harder. Walking with the Lord is a whole lot different than walking with the world because the world tells you one thing and then, and then we're, we're trying to do it the other way. So sometimes we're not popular. Sometimes people don't like us. Sometimes people look at us and say, Hey, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? So we went through a whole phase where we did reality television and we were trying to do something, start a foundation. And I wanted to build a baseball academy in an in inner city. And, and Remy wanted to build a, a glam school with that to, to help with young girls realize true beauty starts from within. So we went through that stage and, 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 you know, we had a lot of negative attention and we had a lot of 
fans who loved us. And, you know, you can have like 3000 people love you and tell you great things, but there's the two or three negative ones that always stick in your mind. But we went, we, we had that opportunity and, and then things didn't work out because we wanted to, uh, we wanted to use that platform to have our own show to talk about our foundation, our charity and wanting to, and always talking about Christ. And, and that just wasn't in the storyline. So, uh, so ultimately, God, yeah, ultimately God, God said, I got different plans for you here. I, I don't, I don't want you to use uh, that vehicle, that Avenue to get to where you want to go. And, and I still uh, wanted to do, you know, we're growing in our faith and now I'm a follower of Christ and we're reading the Bible and we're, we're going to churches and, and we're still trying to find a different home for a church. And, and uh, a friend of mine invites me to uh, play for the Deacon's prison ministry softball team. And we nice. go to, we go to prison and yeah. And we get to share our faith with inmates. And this is a guy who played with me. His name is Billy McGrath. And we played together back when I was a little wilder and, and, you know, I throw my bat and toss my helmet and, <laughs> and say a few negative words. And I'm like, but he saw me talking about my faith and, and, and he saw me it changed. And, and he said, why don't you come out and play? So I, I came out and it was 2014. And the first time we went on a crusade, we were in uh, West Virginia, and I, I got to uh, share my testimony in front of inmates for the first time. I really didn't know what I was going to say. And I just prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit spoke through me. And, and the reaction that I got that day from, from those inmates was just incredible, you know, giving me a standing ovation. It was the greatest thing I ever done, I say, on a field, yeah. uh, more so than ever hitting a home run or anything like that all throughout my, my career playing ball and in, in, in uh, college, high school, and even now. And, and it, it was awesome. And, and I looked at it like, wow, this is, this is what God wants me to do. And I tell people that that was my transformation from follower to disciple. So my story's fan, follower, disciple. So when I got to share testimony for the first time with the prison ministry team, it, it really inspired me to go out there and just do it again and again and again. And I think on that crusade, we went to 10 prisons in five days and played like 20 games. Uh-huh. And I probably spoke four or five times. And it was, each time it was, it was just so powerful. Uh, and, and I came back from that crusade and I said, Hey, I got to do more and more and more of this. And, and uh, the books were falling into place, football faith and baseball faith. And, uh, you know, and, th- and then I had the uh, faith on the field show came about and, and it was really on my heart to do it. And, and through the, the uh, inspiration and the direction of guys like Pastor Kyle Horner and, and then getting my co-host Doug Horton and Pastor Phil Moser together. And, and we were able to make that a reality. I feel that I, I, I'm a disciple for Christ now. And I try and use everything that I have learned, every mess that I made as a mm. message all of my transparency is a transformation for someone else and uh, just to go out there and, and spread the word. And, and uh, I had mentioned to you that I spoke at my church, Gloucester County community church father's day weekend for yeah. three services. And it was so moving, man. It was, I, so what I did there was I, I told my story and normally uh, what we do at, at GCC is we do a quiet altar call where, where, where everybody prays and they put their hand up and, and, and uh, Pastor Bruce acknowledges them. I said, you know what? I want to do it like we did it at Times Square Church, and I nice. want to invite people down. I want them to come up, and I want everybody to pray for them, and I want them to feel the encouragement. And, and you know, it, it was people are a little embarrassed or maybe shy, and they don't want to do it. 
but by the third service, the people were coming up and, uh, you know, asking for prayer. And it was just so humbling and, and so moving to be able to, to share with people and to get them to just re-examine and rethink. Because a lot of times if you're coming to church, you may already be a follower, but you got to take that next step and be a disciple. You know, what good are you for the kingdom if you're a quiet Christian, if you're taking Jesus and keeping him to yourself? Mm. I'd say, you know, I like to say all the time, it, it's really cool when you uh, go out and have a great meal and you post about it on social media or you go on vacation and you go, this is an awesome spot. Well, that's all well and good, but what about Jesus? Why don't you share him on social media? Why don't you tell somebody about him? If your friends, if your family, if your relatives, if your neighbors don't know that you're a Christian, are you doing your job? Are you mm. doing a good enough job of seasoning the people around you? Like it says in Matthew five thirteen. So everybody likes to share cat videos and they go viral. <laughs> Why don't you share Christ and let him go viral, right? Amen. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of my, that's kind of my story, fan follower, disciple. And it's my passion. It's my passion, Bryce, to go out there and share it with the world. And, and I appreciate you giving me a few minutes to do it here on your show. So thank you. Absolutely. What, what a powerful testimony and, and, and just message and, and passion uh, that, that you've been able to share with us today. He's Rob Motti. He's a best-selling author, radio host, television personality, a speaker. He's based in Philadelphia. You can check out his, his radio show, Faith on the Field. Uh, man, Rob, thank you for being, being a part of Unpacking It today, and, and let's keep in touch. I'm excited to see how God continues to use you for his glory, so, so thanks so much. <laughs> Awesome, man. You keep doing a great work, too. You're, you're, you're serving the Lord, and, and it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. And, and uh, keep going, brother. I appreciate it. All right, man. Definitely. Have a wonderful week. He's Rob Motti joining us here on Unpacking It. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Rob's story, and, and you were just encouraged by his testimony. And, and you can just tell how, how God is very real in his life, and that's a real transformation. And the best evidence for a real God is real transformation in someone's life. And, and so when someone is a certain way for so long and they continue to, to head down a certain path or, or even try to stop certain things and then they can't, and then when they really surrender their life to Jesus, and, and so you've seen that in, in how Rob has explained his new life versus his old life. And so that was cool to hear. And, and the other, I guess, big part to take out today for all of us to, to be challenged by is, and, and really just be reminded of, is the fact that when we decide to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that this life on earth is easy, that, that all of a sudden you know, things start going our way. And we really have to remind ourselves of that because we can get so frustrated with God. To, to, to where we're praying and we're thinking, all right, God, I'm, I'm, I'm obeying you. Where are you at? Why aren't you delivering on, on this or that that I want? Or, you know, I, I want this, this promotion at work or I want this, this, this deal to go through or this guy to call me back or, or whatever it may be. And so then we start to get frustrated and we think that life should just be easy or, or we start to think that God should bless us a certain way. And we don't view suffering, struggles, disappointment as blessings because actually that's what they are because they grow us, they challenge us, and they draw us closer to God, which is the ultimate blessing. And, 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 it, and our understanding and our trust 
all deepens when when we go through those types of, of situations. And so I think we just have to change the cultural mindset, especially in America. I live in the South, and it's it's that way too. This this cultural Christianity and everything is supposed to just go our way and and you know it's about having uh i don't know a nicer house or whatever and we just forget that it's about preparing for eternity and the blessing that we have is that we know jesus and we've been saved from from eternity away from him and and so life might be a little hard here and and we can go through some persecution and some sacrifice and some struggles and we take up our cross daily and surrender to Jesus follow his way and and sure thing, things will be difficult here but in light of eternity oh come on come on we got to change our perspective and I'm I'm guilty of it as well so I hope I hope you're encouraged by that that just awareness and, and hopefully we can each take an inventory of our own lives today. But thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate the support. Love to hear from you. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Uh, always enjoy hearing your feedback. And we'll join you again next week right here on the Unpacking It podcast.